Hello and welcome to the Rubber Duck Dev Show. I'm Chris. And I'm Creston. And we have no guests today. And we're also doing our first one that's not live. And it's been a rough week. So we're going to talk about should you uh, solve all your exceptions. Um, that's that's going to be a fun conversation, I think. And uh, should have a lot of fun. But before we do that, we can review. Creston, how was your week? Oh, pretty busy. I'm doing a lot of work to try and find to save myself some time. Like I'm considering getting a virtual assistant to assist in some tasks to try and free up more hours because, well, I mean, if I can consult for more hours or work on my app more than some of the administrative busy work, that would be advantageous. Um, so definitely spending a lot of time thinking through that and weighing the costs, which are definitely there, and, and the benefits. <laughs> so, um, so working on that, I had a pretty big success with a client uh, just yesterday that was cool, where they wanted to set up a ranking system for something that for their application so they literally have thousands of users that um i don't know if it competes the right word but basically they're setting up something that needs to be evaluated and all of them need to be ranked from one to you know however many thousand it is ten thousand thirty thousand whatever it is and I was thinking about how to do this, and it needs to be able to just rewrite these thousands of things whenever needed. Mm. And I didn't want to like iterate through every user because I mean, if you think like the Ruby on Rails way, I mean, you might think of doing it user by user, although there may be other ways to do it. I didn't want to do that. I said, can I do this in a single update statement? So update, do the tabulations of everything that needs to be done, and then place a ranking on it. And, well, thankfully, I remembered there is a window function called rank. Mm. So basically, with one SQL statement, it updates, it does all the calculations, it updates the tables, and does a full ranking of one to you know, 10,000 of everything that was needed. Wow. And I was like, nice. That's good. So now this one statement can do it as opposed to having to write all this Ruby code. That's nice. What about you? Well, it's been a, it's <laughs> been a brutal week for me. I'm, I am freaking exhausted, man. It's been, you ever have those weeks where it's like there are there are no green check marks on any boards and everything is falling apart and like no matter what you touch it explodes. That's that's been my week, and it's it's like uh, yeah. I, imagine one of those movies that you've seen where the person is having a bad dream and they're running down this hallway and the hallway just keeps getting longer and longer in front of them. 
That's that's kind of how I felt all week. It's been one of those things where I just can't catch up no matter how hard I run. Oh, then uh, by the way, here's a hurricane too. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, so hurricane yesterday, which fortunately in central Florida it didn't it didn't really amount to a whole lot other than yeah, it was some extra rain. Um but, but, but I, the worst part is, you know, your 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 wife says, "Are you going to trim the trees?" Are you going to do the good thing? Are you going to, you know, so it's, okay, well, I got to spend the time, you know, right. doing the hurricane prep. So that was, the hurricane prep was worse than the actual hurricane. Right. Because those, the storms we got, you know, that's not even up to the level of normal Tuesday afternoon thunderstorms in summer in yeah, Florida. Yeah. I mean, they're normally worse than that. So, um, and, you know, that being said, we are not on the West Coast, and I'm sure right. there's plenty of damage and stuff. There. Oh, yeah. But for where we were, it was. Yeah, it was Central Florida didn't get much of anything. So for us, it was much ado about nothing. But, yeah, yeah the people on the coast got got pinged a good bit. Um, So, but, yeah, there was a whole lot of extra work this week of setting up with work. Hey, what happens if we lose power? What happens if we, you know, all that kind of prep work. So, um, so that, that wasn't, (laughs) that wasn't great, but you know, fortunately we didn't lose power. So it was just kind of a normal, normal work day yesterday, but this whole week has just been one of those running to get further behind type of weeks. So let's hope it goes better next week. I'm sure it will. You just, you just have one of those weeks every once in a while, you know, and then yeah. you, you, you take a, you take a break. Fortunately, we're off Monday. So. Oh yeah. Got that. Yeah. So it's a holiday. So I will get a, a little bit of an extended weekend to kind of catch my breath, um, which, which will be nice. So I guess, I guess that's the silver lining of, of timely holidays there. Um, so anyway, that's, that's been kind of my week. Um, so, exceptions. Should you resolve all of them? Yes. Good night, folks. That's, um, okay, so there's probably a little more discussion than that, I think. Um, I, I mean, it's. I think on anything more non-trivial than a Hello World sample program, it's not going to be possible to solve every exception. You know, on, on production level stuff, it, that's just, there's too many variables involved. Too many different customers using it, too many different ways on too many different systems with too many different networks. It's just, you know, or too many different browsers. It's th- that then the browsers get updates and, you know, it's just, I think it's almost impossible to solve every exception. So, Assuming that that is a true statement for whatever particular product you're working on, uh, which would be most of them that I've ever run into that are production products, right? What what do you do about that? How how far do you go with exceptions? And which one should you solve? Yeah, so what I hear you... Asking is kind of, I guess, the triage question. If you can't do all of them, which one should you do? Right. And I guess I'm thinking, like, volume should be a factor. So if you suddenly have something that's definitely 
there's a significant impact to the application vis-a-vis -vis the amount of traffic. Mm -hmm. So if you have tons of volume, um, potentially impact, like if it's customer losing data, that's definitely as opposed yeah. to a random <laughs> error message that they may get on a particular page. Uh, and also, what's the other thing I was thinking about? Um, I don't know if immediacy plays a part as well, but... I think it does to an extent. Also, I mean, this is all caveat with it depends on your product and who your customer base is and what you actually are doing with your product um, and how mission critical your product is to your customers. So, um, but yeah, I think we're, we're talking about majority case here. Um, like one of the triage things that we do internally is how many users are affected and how often are they affected? If it's users don't see it, this is a back-end problem. Okay, that's that's a low priority issue unless it's causing massive speed impacts. But in that case, users would be seeing it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, one of the first things we try to ass assess is what impact does this have on the users, if any? Uh, and if none, they go to the back of the triage queue. Yeah. Maybe we'll get to them someday. Maybe. <laughs> They're not important. Because, um, you know, we get all kinds of little weird errors. Uh, like, you know, somebody hits a URL wrong, so you get a URL error. Or they they put in a wrong number, so we get, you know, the automated email system says, hey, I don't have an email for this. Um thing an email template for this or you know and that it that doesn't matter right i don't need to chase down every one of those uh, and with the number of customers we have those things pop up quite a bit in fact we started ignoring some of them we we just configured those out of our um, error tracker because the, it's just noise um, but they are exceptions so you know that's a good example of you don't really need to fix every exception. It's it's sometimes pointless and just a waste of time. So that's kind of our do first you, hurdle. Do you have um, your... Is it set up to auto-resolve on deployments? Yes, we auto-resolve on deployments. We're actually using... Um, for most of our products, we're actually using AppSignal. And... Um, as well as well, we use app signal on the engineering side, and we use Datadog on the infra side. Um, so our deployments reset app signal; they they close all existing errors and just will reopen them if they reappear. Um, but we do have some that we just config out. We say ignore these type of errors because we got a ton of them, and they are absolutely useless. We don't care that they happen. So, I mean, should you strive to fix every exception? Well, I mean, in a perfect world, sure, if you had unlimited time and unlimited resources, why not? But that's that's never the case. Yeah, like, for example, ones that I don't resolve, I'll get some random error 
and it's look like it's coming from you know a country uh, a different country with a quite unusual browser mm -hmm. and it's like what what is this or i mean there's also a lot of spamming things like they try to contact the ip address or they try to contact um as opposed to a domain name or they're trying to look for php urls and a lot of times i look at those and i just ignore them yeah i mean because unless it becomes they are truly hammering the site mm -hmm. causing a lot of a performance issue because they're trying to cause as many exceptions as possible like a dos or something yeah yeah so like i haven't actively tried to resolve those presumably there would be a way to resolve them or ignore them or swallow them but um I haven't looked into it just because because their frequency is relatively low compared to the other traffic. Right. And bigger fish to fry with your time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like, for example, I do a scanning of um, an external scan from a web application scanner. Mm -hmm. And that always fires up a number of Ruby on Rails things that are, hey, it's not, ex exceptions are popping because this, you know, things like this is not an acceptable, oh, what is the term? Um, like it doesn't do some sort of options or a patch or something. I don't know. There, there's certain exceptions that are popping up that it's testing. And mm -hmm. I just know right. that the, at the time of the month where the scan happens, I'm going to get a 10 or 15 <laughs> exceptions coming through that you know i haven't looked into how to resolve so i haven't dedicated any time to figure out okay how could i resolve these 15 or ignore them or swallow them or you know something right so that's yeah. an example where i have chosen to actively ignore ignore them yeah so i i think you know if let's let's run under the assumption we're talking about production environment things that have customers that use them um I think the first step is, is this actually affecting my customers? Because if it's yeah. not, there's no reason to spend any time on it. And you will get exceptions that have zero effect on anybody. Um, so I think that's a, a first important distinction to make. Um, and then once you figure out, okay, yes, this is affecting customers. Well, okay, how many and how often? Because... You know, if I just put something up and all my customers are down, I better jump on those exceptions like yesterday. But if we've had a, a release out for three weeks and one customer one time has an exception and we can't reproduce it ever, that's not something to to really jump on as hard. You know, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe you use that exception as kind of a a breadcrumb to make sure you don't have other things going on that are more problematic, but just to, to swallow that exception for the sake of not having an exception ever pop up is kind of useless, I think. Um, yeah, I tend to let, I tend to not ignore a lot of exceptions, meaning 
in the configuration tool for what I use, I use Honey Badger. Um, I tend to not ignore a lot of stuff. I just let it come on through. Mm -hmm. And after a deploy, yes, I may get a few more emails about what's going on. But I actually like having that insight because the other thing that exceptions do for me or how I use them, I use them as insight as to what's going on. Yeah. Like a lot of times I may purposefully purposefully do a uh, the exclamation point at the end of certain methods or bangs to do exceptions as opposed to smoothly process something. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, I mean, not to impact users, but like, for example, if I'm doing a job, what I may do sometimes is capture an exception, like let the job run. If there's exceptions, capture it, go ahead and finish whatever processing it's doing, if it can still continue. But then at the end of the job, I then fire off an exception based upon what happened previously. Right. So I it, kind of use it as, I also use it as an alerting mechanism as yeah. well, kind of. Right. And I think it's important to have those things. The only the only ones that we will kind of bury or ignore are things that we know are going to happen a lot and that they just don't matter and won't lead anywhere because they've been happening forever. Um, and, you know, there were there were a couple of errors, exceptions like that, that just turned into so much noise that we couldn't see the important things coming through. Um, but other than that, I agree with you. It's, you know, it's important to know those things, even if you think this error isn't important or this exception isn't important, because what you might find out, and I've found this out, is that that may be a symptom of some different problem that is important, and it may help you find where that is. So, so were you telling me that you were working with some other programmers at one time, it may have been in .NET, I can't remember, but they actively code to coded to ignore exceptions or swallow exceptions or whatnot? Oh, sweet Lord, yes. That, that was a, back when I was doing .NET, that was kind of a, an SOP in the .NET community. Um, there was a lot of just, naked try accepts and it's not not to pick on .net i mean that's that's a problem in almost any language that i've ever seen um you know just just naked try accepts or try catch or or you know whatever whatever the language structure is for that particular language and that's that's really bad uh, because if if i want to swallow an error i want to know which errors i'm swallowing so that if something weird pops up, I get re records of it and I can trace it. But if I'm just doing naked exception tracking or swallowing, um, I lose that capability. And that's that's actually dangerous. So, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I can't fathom that at all. Yeah, so Come even in. like in... in um, in Ruby or Rails, I've seen a lot of, you know, um, exception catching on standard error. 
And that's just, that's just a bad idea because everything is a standard error. And if you catch them all, you know, that's... I guess there are some exceptions to that case if you are like the top-level exception. You've done a lot of specific exception catching throughout the thing, and you are going to always log that standard error out somewhere. But just catching it and throwing it away, never, ever do that. Catch it and do something with it. But catching catching on a standard error or the top-level error object, whatever that is for your language, is almost never a good idea. Yeah, so back to what I was, I just remembered some more specifics with regard to it. Like, for example, I have a process that continuously runs. It's like a Ruby daemon. Mm -hmm. So I don't want an exception to break that process necessarily. Right. Um, so that's when I use a, essentially a catch. I try to catch any errors that happen, but then I either admit an exception or I send an email based upon, you know, I communicate the fact that something right. happened. Yeah. You don't just swallow it and yeah. pretend right, right, that right. it never happened. Well, I didn't exactly. see that. I don't, <laughs> exactly. I don't pretend that it didn't happen. Right. And that's, that's the dangerous bit. Um, but even then, I would, I would hope um, that inside some of those processes, you've got specific protections for things that you expect could happen or specific catches for specific types of errors to do, you know, hey, if I get this particular error, then do this instead type of things. Yeah, yeah I mean, and that's another good point to mention is that these are exceptions. They are exceptional cases. We do not expect them to happen. Right. So the fact that they are exceptions, it is unexpected to my, that's my feeling or definition of it. Therefore, yeah. everything expected is, you know, if this happens, then do this. If this happens, then do, you know, that's all things I expect to happen. But if the unexpected happens and I, you know, I catch it, I want to, you know, be alerted to that in whatever way possible. So. Well, so then, then my question is based on that definition, because I, my definition was a little broader than, than that. My definition included error exception, you know, which I think you're making a, a, a distinction there between error and exception. Errors are expected. I can trap for those exceptions are things that are exceptional and I didn't expect. Um, that's how I think about it, but that's me. Right. And fair enough. Um, but if, if that's the case, then once I decide that I don't need to deal with this or I should just swallow this particular thing that's happening all the time, based on that definition, then that is no longer an exception. It's an expected error, right? If it's always happening, yeah. And so, in that case, with that definition, I should solve all my exceptions. And one of those solutions is investigate them and determine that they are in instead errors that I expect. 
whether I programmatically do anything with them or not. I'm being pedantic to to be funny, yeah, but, but, but but yeah, I mean, but yeah, because yeah, well, then we're getting then we're splitting hairs, maybe a little bit here, right? Yeah, <laughs> but I I do think it's an interesting. I mean, you brought up an interesting point with the definition of what is an exception, and is that in fact different than an error? And I mean, sure, I'll buy that. Um. But then that changes the answer, I think, that I gave at the beginning of the show, which is, if that's the case, then yes, you should solve all your exceptions because right. you should at least know about them and decide this is something I don't have to worry about. It's expected. Yeah. Well, and that kind of brings up another point. I frequent when I'm looking at different code that, that people have done. Sometimes they use exception handling where they could have used a conditional. So they say, do this thing if there's an exception and even they use branching logic. If it's this type of exception, do this code. If this type of exception, do this code. I actually don't like doing that. And the main reason is from a performance basis because mm -hmm. conditionals are much faster than exceptions. And again, just it again goes to my definition of an exception is that you shouldn't be using that code when you're expecting something to happen or if it's a known code path. Like I could be getting right. back a 404 or a I can't remember some of the others, you know, 401 or you know whatever the different um response codes are, I would want to put that in the conditional if it's this, then do this. If it's this, then do this. Mm -hmm. As opposed to catching an exception and then saying, okay, if, you know, handling it that way. Right. Yeah. But and I it, have seen people use code as exception code as branching logic. And I'm, I, yeah, ugh, I, I don't like that. Yeah. There, there are very few cases. I'm not sure I can come up with a specific example of one, but I know that I have in my career have run up with, one or two cases where it was appropriate to do like a catch this particular type of error. And if it's this, do this other thing instead. Um, but that's like you say, that's, that's an anti pattern and you've probably got something else goofy in your design if you're doing that. Um, so, you know, if, if you see a lot of try catching code, run but <laughs> it, there, there's probably some design issues or um there's a, a lack of attention to detail that that tells you uh we've got code that's always expecting happy path and doesn't know what to do when a user does something that's an inch to one side or the other um yeah yeah and th that's dangerous um you should you know and that's part of what testing is for is finding these non-happy path um, pathways so that you can make sure that they're handled. And, of course, you can't find every exception before you put out your product. I mean, that's just not possible because you can't reproduce every user's way of using it on every different system with every different browser in every different country and, you know, what time zones and all that stuff. 
you, you just you can't um but what you shouldn't do is just say okay i'm going to assume that somebody's going to screw something up so i'll just catch it and swallow it <laughs> that's that's a bad idea um so i you know overall i would say limit very much your use of um rescue catch try accept whatever the structure is in your language um to and if you do end up doing one of those think very hard about should i be doing this or should i be expecting something specific to happen here that's off the path and i should just handle it right like checking for nil things before i check for a property of something or using the safe yeah. safe pathing on in rails and, and ruby and stuff but um you know don't just put all your code in there and say well if something's nil i'll just catch it and throw it away no because then you're going to catch actual problems and throw those away too um so yeah be, be a little careful with those structures and think real hard if you put that because usually that's a sign that i should be thinking about this a little bit more i probably haven't handled enough here in my code yeah i rarely use you know the, the rescue features of ruby or, yeah. or try and catch in other languages i mean that's that's a definitely rarity me using that yeah and it should be i mean it has a place I'm not saying you never use it there are places where that's proper but that should be a <laughs> The use of that should be an exception. Exceptional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, 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 should you solve all your exceptions? Uh, depends on your definition, but most people's definition, I would say, no, you don't solve all your exceptions slash errors. Um, you recognize them, you acknowledge them. But you don't necessarily need to solve all of them because a lot of them, some of them may not have any impact on your customers at all, in which case you're just wasting time and money trying to fix them. Um, but don't don't just throw them away and swallow them, pretend like you didn't see them. That's, that's a bad idea too. That just leads to more exceptions and not being able to sell your stuff because nobody wants your, your broken crap. So... Yeah. Anyway, that's that's my thoughts on that. Um I guess um we'll see how how things work with this first test of a non-live uh podcast. Uh we'll put that out. If you did enjoy this, please make sure to like and subscribe. Also, we will going forward be not uh doing any of our stuff to Twitch. Uh we're just going to be putting it to YouTube. So we're going to focus on YouTube now. Um, and we will be putting these up still once a week for the rubber duck dev show. Um, I will still be doing the live coding with Chris on Tuesdays. Um, but, and we will, I will be looking into other live event things. Um, so we're not going to disappear and never interact with people again, but, um, we did, we did have to make a shift here, uh, simply because of life work things getting in the way so um we hope you guys enjoyed this uh we will we will keep going we will still have guests on the show from time to time uh we just didn't have time to pull one together for this week 
Um, and we will let you know through Discord and Twitter and all the other social media channels that we're on uh, what will be coming up and what topics we want. And we will be calling for volunteers to come on the show and chat with us. Um, so, hope you enjoyed that. We will... Um, I'll, I'll be trying to figure out how to work this new production stuff here now. Um, so I'm just going to babble until I figure out where I'm supposed to go. Right. Okay. There it is. All right. So, uh, we will see you guys next time. And until then, happy programming. Happy programming.